Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. How are you looking to the future? How are you looking to your future? Are you a little depressed maybe or downhearted because you just don't see any future or you only see negative things for your future? Well, today I want to tell you out of the word of our Father that there is no reason to be downhearted. God says, I know the plans I have for you, and he has a great future for you in store. You know, God is at work. Maybe you don't see it at the moment, and many times we don't see. God loves to work in the invisible, but eventually it will come out, the great things that he has been preparing and doing. You just need to be a little bit more patient, but God is at work. If you see it or if you don't see it, know that God is working on your behalf. And one of the great exciting things that I see, and I see it also with my spirit eye, there is a difference by looking just with your natural eye or looking with your spiritual eye. With the natural eye, we don't see everything that's going on. But the Bible reveals in many different places that there is a great spiritual realm and lots of things are happening there. And what's happening there also determines what will happen in the natural. And so I look with the spiritual eye and that spiritual eye must be opened by the Holy Spirit. It must be opened by the word of God that is opened by the Holy Spirit. Because again, you can look to the word the Bible, the Word of God, through the natural eyes, and you will miss the great message in it. You need the Holy Spirit to make it alive for you. But if you look through the Holy Spirit and through the eyes of the Lord to your future and to the future, we can see that there is a mighty new generation standing up in the world. The Holy Spirit is flowing. I know, and I have said it many times before, that many people Oh, they always say, oh, I wish I was there in the upper room and that it was like the first day of Pentecost. I I just want to experience that and I'm not experiencing that today. Well, I'm sorry for you if that's the way you think, if that's the way you look, because the Holy Spirit is flowing mightily on this world today. And I'm glad. Oh, of course. Yes, of course, I would have loved to be there in the upper room on that first Pentecost day. But don't make that in a way like that was the time that God was working, but he's not working any longer. No, that was just a stream compared to the mighty river of the Holy Spirit that is flowing around the world today. We see him working everywhere, every nation, even nations that were so closed for the gospel. The Holy Spirit was able to penetrate And he's working there in the lives of believers. Oh, hallelujah. But a new generation of Ruth, because I'm going to minister about Ruth today. And a new generation of Ruth is standing up. They are radical and they are taking initiative and they have an eye for the worldwide harvest. Oh, it was harvest time in the story of Ruth. And it's harvest time today. And we need people like Ruth with her characteristics, with her zeal, with that passion in her heart, her devotion. We need people like that who will rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit to take hold of the blessings that God has prepared for this generation and this time. 
and there is a new generation standing up and they are calling out to the Lord because they know that a true harvest can only come when the rain falls down. We need that rain of the Lord. We need that rain of the Spirit coming into the hearts to make fertile and to bring that blessing of the gospel to come to fruition. And I'm so glad they are praying for that. But they're not just praying for it. They're moving forward. We need to move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me just read a few verses. I'm going to read it from Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to 7 out of the Message Bible to just set the stage because we don't begin with Ruth. We begin with a man called Elimelech and his wife, Naomi, and they had two sons called Malon and Kilion. Many of you will know it, but just to bring it into remembrance. Once upon a time, it was back in the days when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. A man from Bethlehem in Judah left home to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. His sons were named Malon and Kelion, all Ephratites, from Bethlehem in Judah. They all went to the country of Moab and settled there. Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpha, and the second was Ruth. They lived there in Moab for the next ten years. But then the two brothers, Malon and Kilion, died. Now Naomi was left without either her young men or her husband. One day she got herself together, she and her two daughters-in-law, to leave the country of Moab and set out for home. She had heard that God had been pleased to visit his people and give them food, and so she started out from the place she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law with her, on the road back to the land of Judah. So far, the word of the Lord. If you just go to this story, it was in the time of the judges. Now, that was not the best time for Israel. So many times we see that they departed from the Lord. They turned their back to the Lord, and they would cry out that they wanted a king like other nations. God was their king, and he wanted to be their king, to lead them out into battle, to bless them with all that they needed. He was there for them, not just like a king, but like a loving father. Now, I don't know what you'd rather have, if you just want to have a king somewhere high in a castle, or if you would like to have someone to rule over you like a loving father. Yes, the other countries had kings, and those kings ruled over them in a harsh way, and they could not bring them and give them what they needed, the people. But here, Israel, they had God, the Creator, as a loving father who was also, yes, their king, and he deserved to be their king, and they needed him to be their king. But they pushed him away, and every time they pushed him away, the blessing that comes with him left them, and they would be left in the famine, or they would be left with other nations ruling over them. It was a terrible time, and, and God would every time see their hurt, and he would see their pain, and then they would start to cry out to the Lord again, and he would have such love and compassion for his children that he would raise up a judge to help them, 
to help them to be delivered and, and to set them free again and that the blessings would flow again and they would serve him again. And, well, it didn't take long, and then the whole same circle would happen all over again. They would turn their backs to him, and they would serve idols again, and etc., etc. Well, you know the story. But here we see that because they turned their back to the Lord, a famine came in the land. Bethlehem was called the bread house of Israel. It was the place where food was, where bread was, where the harvest fields were. But we see that there was nothing there at that time. That's a sad thing when God gives you a bread house and it's named bread house, Bethlehem, but it's empty. It's empty. It doesn't have anything good to give you. And it's not God's doing. It's because we left him. It's because we turned our backs to him. And some of my listeners today, your bread house is empty because you have turned your back to the Lord and you don't understand it. Why so much shortcoming in my life? Why am I burdened in my life? Why is this yoke upon my backs again in my life? Well, it's because you turned your back to the Lord. And maybe you didn't do it purposely, but slowly, 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 you started turning to other things and your heart started to be captivated by other things or by other people, and you turned your back to the Lord, and you don't even know it. Samson didn't even know that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. He was already so far in turning his back and playing around with Delilah and things that he didn't even notice it, that the Lord had departed from him. But he noticed it because the power was gone. The blessing was gone. The enemy was able to overtake him. And so maybe you are listening today and you don't understand it, but the power of God has left you. The blessing of the Lord has left you. And there's only one thing to do, but praise God, there is one thing to do. (laughs) It just depends how you look to it. There is one thing to do. Hallelujah. Go to your knees right now during this broadcast and accept Jesus as Lord and repent and say, oh, forgive me, Heavenly Father. I didn't even notice it. I got caught up in so many of the world's things, in so many things that just took my time and attention that I turned my back to you and I didn't even notice it that you had departed from me. But Lord, oh, I cannot do without you. And I'm coming back to you today. Oh, why don't you do it right now? And then the blessings can start to flow into your life again. Now we see that Elimelech, And his name means God is my king. But I don't know if God was really his king, because what did he do in these circumstances? He left Israel and he went with his family to the land of Moab. Now, I can understand it. If you're a father, you're responsible for your wife. You're responsible for your children. You don't see how to cope with the situation at home anymore. You need to do something. And something needs to happen. But we see that Elimelech, he made a decision to go to the country of the enemy. Moab was a arch enemy of Israel. They had always been enemies. And they had oppressed the Israelites for many years. And they were always fighting against Israel. And here Elimelech, as a son of Abraham, I could say, makes the decision to go to Moab, the country of the enemy, thinking that there he would be saved, there he would be able to provide for his family through the provision of the enemy, out of the enemy's hand. Oh, that's a terrible thing. 
But you know, it's what he did, and it's what many of us have done through the years. And I'm not pointing a finger, but sometimes, oh, in the troubles, in the season of troubles, in the season of difficulty, when we just don't know anymore how to solve our issues, how to get out of our difficulty, oh, we go into the hand of the enemy thinking that there, there will be provided for us. But I don't believe that is the right thing. But anyway, as always, God is able to make something good come out of something bad. He is able to do it if we just humble ourselves to him and God has a plan. Oh, hallelujah for that. So if you made a decision like Eli Menuch, like King David, when he went into the country of the Philistines and he was almost killed there, or if you made a decision like that today, 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 return to the Lord. Believe that God will provide for you in his house, in the bread house, as we seek his face. Well, so Elimelech, they went to Moab, Elimelech, Naomi, and their two sons. And it didn't take long, but Elimelech, he died there. What a terrible thing to have to die in Moab. Oh, that's a terrible thing, and to be buried there instead of the beloved Israel, the beloved country of the Lord where you belong. Well, that's something a little bit deeper if you start to think of it. This was the consequence of his decision that he died and was buried in that country of the enemies of Israel. The two sons, Malon and Kilion, married Moabite women. Well, in general, that would also be something to be sad about because they married women out of the enemy of Israel. And that's not a good combination, also not for what comes out of that. But here we see that God was able to take this one Moabite woman called Ruth, and she was someone that was different. Oh, I hope you are someone that is different, that the Spirit of the Lord has found a way to come to dwell inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. I believe this is what happened to this woman, Ruth. She was not just a wife to the son of Elimelech, but she was someone who embraced the God of Israel, who embraced his word, who embraced the country of Israel. And this happened not just at the moment that she had to make a decision. She had already had an experience with the Lord, else she could have never made that decision. Because you know what happened. It didn't take long, but the two boys, they also died. And only Naomi was left with her two daughters-in-law, Orpah, and Ruth, and she was bitter. Naomi was bitter. Yes, this also says something beautiful to us. As we continue this story, it will show us how God works with Naomi. Uh, She had harvested bitterness in her life, and you know what she says? She says, the Lord dealt me a heavy blow. Yes, she says, the Lord, the Lord made me to suffer. The Lord made me to lose everything. She saw the Lord as the one who brought all that bitterness in her life. She loved the Lord. She followed the Lord. She didn't turn her back to the Lord. But yet, on the other hand, she felt the Lord was punishing her. She felt the pain that God had brought in her life. Now, don't forget, it was Elimelech who made the decision to go to Moab. It was Naomi who went with him and the two sons, and everything that happened there, I don't see that God was leading them there. I see that God never left them. I see that God 
continued to work even though we don't see it in the visible that God was still there and he was helping them and he was doing something, working something in the heart of this woman, Ruth, through whom he would bless Naomi. Oh, my dear friends, even when we make wrong decisions and take some wrong choices in the roads, the paths that we choose in our life, and we harvest bitterness, and then we even blame the Lord for giving us all that bitterness and pain, and we don't see him working anymore. He is at work. He hasn't left us. He is still working on a plan to bring us out of that bitterness, out of that pain. Oh, hallelujah, my dear friend. Maybe you are listening and you say, John, I, I, I did the best I could. I did the best I could in, in making the choices to survive, to cope with the situation, but it brought me in Moab. And my sons, they married Moabite women, and now they all died. They're dead. I have these Moabite women, but, but it's like the Lord dealt me a hard blow. I, 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 I don't see it anymore. I don't see his working in my life anymore. This is how Naomi was there. She was bitter. She also says it later on. She says, I am bitter because I've had all this bitterness in my life. But the best thing she could do, she did it. Hallelujah. She went back to Bethlehem. She went back to Bethlehem. She said, well, I've come to the point that there is nothing here for me in Moab anymore. And praise the Lord. There is food back in Bethlehem. Oh, she could have been enjoying that food. She could have been enjoying the inheritance of her husband because he had a piece of property there. She could have been enjoying the blessing that was there because God was with them there in Bethlehem, but she missed out on it. And finally, praise God, she says, I'm going back to Bethlehem. And so she goes back to Bethlehem. And her two daughters-in-law, they said, we will go with you. But she said, what are you doing going with me? You are enemies of Israel. How are they going to treat you in Bethlehem? It's better for you to go back to Moab. Stay with your own people. Stay with your own God. Stay with your own nation, with your own habits, your way of living, with your own food, etc., etc., your style of cooking, etc., etc. And Orpah, she said, oh, she was crying. She said, oh, no, I'm going to miss you so much. I'm going to miss you so much. But Yes, you're right. There's no future for me in Israel. There's no future for me with you. And so thank you for releasing me. I wanted to be faithful, but thank you for releasing me. And she kisses Naomi and goes back home. But Ruth, oh, she takes a hold of Naomi and she says, what are you saying? How can you push me away, force me to go back? I have nothing in Moab anymore. I feel more Israelite than I feel Moabite. I have embraced you. I have embraced the God of Israel. I have embraced Israel. My heart is there. My heart is with you. My heart is with the God of Israel. How can I go back to Moab and live there just like nothing has changed? Nothing happened. No, Naomi, I will go with you. And Naomi said, okay, let's go home together. And we'll continue from this point in the next session. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com.